And uh, I'm one of the pastors here at Mariners. I uh, have the joy of working with high school and middle school students, and I uh, absolutely love uh, what I'm doing. Um, you may be aware that a few weeks ago our, our pastor was a little bit ill and needed to take some time off. Um, he was here this morning. I don't know if any of you saw Paul this morning, but we are thankful that Paul was back uh, today. Um, he is uh, recovering and uh, completely ignoring all the uh, medical advice that he's been given, uh, so we can be, be praying for him for that. Um, uh, we are happy that he is back, except a couple of reasons. I had to give him back his parking spot. Yeah, I had to give him back his parking And I had to take all my stuff out of his office, because I, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. So, <laughs> so. I hope, I hope he laughs at that when he hears it. Let me just say that, all right? Um, so, secular research has discovered that there is one common roadblock that stops all of us, no matter what age. Children, youth, adults, if you're female or if you're male, there's one common roadblock that stops all of us from moving forward. It stops all of our recovery and it stops all of our growth. Anybody have an idea what that one common roadblock is? Say it again. Ourselves. Ourselves. Good, good answer, good answer. Fear, I heard fear. Doubt. All good answers. Comfort seeking. All right, good, good. Anyone else? Brave souls on this side, you guys are eerily silent over here. You're all blocked over here. Pride, pride, yep, yep. So the one answer is your mind. It's your mind that stops that. A fixed mindset commonly stops humanity from moving forward in life. I can't, I won't are common statements that people make when faced with obstacles that seem to be too big or too inconvenient to overcome in life. Whenever uh, we come into one of those obstacles, if they're physical or mental or emotional or relational or spiritual or financial, whatever it is, I can't, I won't, creates a downward spiral of thought in our lives that fixes our ideas and our emotions. And a fixed mindset believes that things can't improve, that I won't recover, or that nothing can be done. Research has shown that our natural human response to difficulty is negativity. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? A downward spiral of thought, of actions. Uh, a group of uh, 10-year-olds were given a test that they were not prepared for and that was generally above their, um, their ability, above their grade, uh, grade level. All of them failed the test, kind of by design. And they all had different reactions, but there were some common responses when they found out what their grades were. Three of their top common responses. Next time, I'll cheat. <laughs> I 
Kind of reminds me of uh, former pro wrestler Jesse the Body Ventura, who said, win if you can, lose if you must, always cheat. (laughs) Another one of their common responses was, I'll find someone who did worse than I did, so I'll make myself feel better. Ten years old. Their last common response was, I usually run from difficulty. Negative, negative. I can't, I won't. Downward spiral of thought. Stanford University professor Carol Dweck in her book Mindset says that there is one way to reverse a fixed I can't, I won't mindset. There's one way. Anybody have any ideas how you can fix an I can't, I won't fixed mindset? Jesus. All right, who went to Bible college? Okay. Anyone else? Change your thoughts. All right, if your mind is your roadblock, your roadblock, you begin to change your thoughts. I can, I will begins an upward spiral that changes my focus. It creates ideas. It brightens my emotional state of mind. And Professor Dweck calls it a growth mindset. Research has also shown that the most effective way to cut off a fixed mindset, I can't, I won't, and begin a growth mindset of I can, I will, is to take a step back, take a deep breath, and give thanks. To be grateful. When in pain or going through a difficult time, you're experiencing this downward spiral, and that downward spiral seems to be unstoppable. Negativity and the downward spiral seem to just go hand in hand when we're going through hard times. And I'll tell you this, the downward spiral of pain is real. And its impact is felt in all of our faculties. It's not made up. It's truly there. Psalm 116 is a a verse or a chapter in the Bible, and it's one of six songs that God's people would sing during a Passover celebration. And today it is continued during a Seder, which is a feast that includes reading, telling stories, eating special foods, and singing. It is a celebration of the Hebrew people for God's miraculous exodus out of slavery from the land of Egypt. Psalm 116 documents the state of the entire Jewish nation while they were in slavery. It says this, The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of hell Held, laid hold of me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. You see the downward spiral of pain here? Snares of death encompass me. Pangs of hell hold on to me. Suffering, distress, anguish, 
all of this pain, all of this situation squeezes in on the people of God to where they come to the point where they cry, deliver my soul. Do you believe that God can free you from your suffering, whatever the cause? Do you believe that God is greater than all of your struggles? This passage of the Bible has its origin, sitz im Lieben, which is German for setting in life. The Hebrew nation was brought near death to the brink of what they could handle. And from their knees they cried out to God, Save my life. The essence of faith is this. I have no hope other than God. I have no strength other than God. I have no idea of what to do other than to call on God for help. My situation is grim. I feel like I am a resident of hell. But God is greater than all of that. And I look to Him for my salvation. I look to Him for my relief. Corey Tenboom was a little girl captured by Hitler's Nazi regime. She literally watched her sister die at the hands of their captors. She knew pain and suffering. After her experience in the Nazi death camps, she wrote this, In all the hell around us, the promises of God as written in the Bible kept us safe. The downward spiral of pain and a fixed mindset of I can't, I won't is reversing with a growth mindset that says I can, I will. And the people of God begin to sing a, a song of praise and thanksgiving. And they begin to sing in Psalm, one, in Psalm 116, I love the Lord because He has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because He inclined His ear to me, therefore I will call on Him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of hell lay hold of me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. And as they prayed those words, this was the answer to their prayer. This is how God responded. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord pervert, pre preserves the simple. When I was brought low, He saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from stumbling. God's people sing to God because they have been delivered from bondage to freedom, from sorrow to to gladness, from mourning to joy, from darkness into God's great light. This is a song of praise and adoration, a song of humility, and a song of confidence in the Almighty God. What Israel could not do, 
God did. That's my story. What I could not do, God did. Israel's rebellion led them to separation and judgment and slavery and despair and disease, or not disease, probably, uh, distress and anguish. And God saved them. God brought them out of that pit of misery where they felt like they were in hell itself and they brought them into His salvation. God's people shout, I love God because He heard my cry. He turned His ear to me. He is gracious. He is righteous. He is merciful. He preserved me. He saved me. He, he, he did for me what I could not imagine. He did more for me than I ever asked Him to do. He saved me from death. He took away my tears. He kept me from stumbling. We cannot outdo God in love. <laughs> can't be done we only love God because he first loved us and his love for us is not prompted by our affection for him or even our obedience to him his love comes to us because of his own divine character he is love he can't stop from loving us my obedience and my affection for God come out of what He has done for me. It's not there to begin with. Because He heard me, because He saved me, because He gave me a new start, I love Him. Out of the depths of their downward spiral, they called and God answered. Do you remember... Professor Dweck's remedy for changing your mindset. Her research found that humanity can switch I can't, I won't, to I can, I will. If, they, if we just take a step back and take a deep breath and we just take a moment to be thankful and we change our mindset to I can, I will. You see, this isn't new. God's people have known this for thousands of years. Here in this psalm, they sing I will statements. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all His benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all the people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. O Lord, I am Your servant. I am Your servant. I am the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. God's people stopped the downward spiral of a fixed mindset and reversed the spin with a series of I will statements. Refusing to focus on what they can't do or what they don't have, they proudly 
and worshipfully proclaim, I will call on God as long as I live. I will walk with Him every day. I will lift up the cup of salvation, which literally means I give a toast to God. I will tell others of what God has done in my life. I will give thanks. Pain and suffering have the power to entrap me, to keep me in chains. Negativity and a fixed mindset can, can, can squelch any growth that I have in my life. But I want to show you something in this verse that's so easy to miss. It says this, I believed. Even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. I believe stands between the snares of death and feeling like I'm living in hell and God delivered me. I believe is right here in between my old life that I'm trying to endure and my new life of faith. I believe in the middle of it all. See, God does not take lightly the adversity that people of faith suffer. He calls the death, suffering, distress, anguish of the saints precious, in his sight. He sees it. He knows it. He's involved with it. God cares for you. He knows about your pain. It is all under his control. All, all trouble is purposeful. It is designed it is allowed by God to draw God's people closer to Him. To uh, uh, build trust in Him. To strengthen our faith. And that's really hard to understand. God allows pain and suffering in my life. He allows it with a purpose. To draw me closer to Him to build my faith, for me to see His amazing strength, His, His, His enduring love, His forgiveness, to see these things. Why? Because these I will statements are a strong description of going public with our faith. It's, a, it's the result of, of experiencing God's deliverance out of that midst of pain, out of that place of turmoil, out of living in that hell. These I will statements says, because God heard me and delivered me, I'm telling everybody. These are not empty vows that are easily made and quickly forgotten. These are not empty vows that, that I say, okay, here in everybody's presence, I'm going to make this vow and then I'm not going to live them out. No, these are vows. These are statements of a lifestyle, of understanding where I was and where I am. And in the middle of those statements is I believed. I'd like to invite our worship team to come and join me on the stage. These statements are evidence of a serious intent to learn from pain, 
to emerge from suffering a better and more faithful follower of God. The, the city of Belfast, Northern Ireland, has adopted a verse from this passage as their city motto. They've taken and adopted verse 12 that says, What shall I render to the Lord for all His benefits to me? And the correct answer is praise. Give God thanks. He has saved us. Honor God. Live for Him. Tell others about His love and His grace. This is what we do. These are our I will statements too. I used to be living in hell. Now by faith, God has delivered me and set me free. Amen. Now, if you didn't take me seriously, now's the time to start hoping you can open your communion cups. All right? The band is going to sing and prepare our hearts as we prepare for communion. Ah uh... 